I'm live? Perfect. What a great way to start. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Steve. guys we're back yeah that's just obviously just a quick two and a half minute tease of the full three and a half minute video um i want to before we bring on uh danny and valerie here uh we're gonna answer some questions for chat um why didn't he perform this at lvo uh well uh we don't really care about being demonetized uh due to creed songs um wasn't this originally a creed song no this is a steve joel original i believe he wrote the music himself and finally, uh, is this a weird ad? Uh, no, it is absolutely not an ad. So be sure to check out Steve Joel's Champions of 40K. Uh, it absolutely dropped yesterday. I'm speaking to every LVO champion ever, including this year's Jack Harpster. Um, Danny, Val, jump on in. Wow. Hey. Hey. What's up? Yeah. I thought I had a full other minute uh, in the three nope. and a half minute song to prepare a quality hey, intro. What's up? No lower yeah, thirds. No, no, let me move here. I'll move here. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Larry in the background. <laughs> I live in the future. 
Mm-hmm. Welcome. Um, Under new management, guys. Uh, a lot of people in chat excited not only to see uh, Steve Joel uh, doing an amazing uh, with Arcs of Omen song, uh, but also excited to see the whiteboard in use uh, in the background mm-hmm. right there. I think that's the mm-hmm. most exciting part. Mm-hmm. Danny, how, how are you? It's been a good week since I've seen your face. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, two days, same thing. It yeah, it's just been a mere two days uh, since we've last graced each other's presence. I've been good. I've been recovering from LVO uh, sickness. So yeah, I'm I'm doing better. How about Perfect. you, man? How are you doing? Jeez, Does I'm anybody so ever good. ask you that? No, no. Everyone <laughs> asks, "Who are you?" No one ever asks, "How are you?" It's true, um, and you know that there's I'm good. I'm good. I'm a pro painter now. I don't know if you heard. Yes, uh, I know that. It's well, we're, we're to get to that later. Val, how are you doing uh, post LVO? I'm uh, actually pretty good. Feeling feeling pretty light in my loafers. Won't lie to you. I'm uh, you know recovered. Everyone else seemed to have caught some form of uh, a respiratory disease of various ilks. Although I was before the show complaining of uh, random nosebleed, uh, <laughs> which I chalked up to quitting nicotine. Uh, I'm sure those two things are related. Um, John, the producer in me is actually suddenly questioning whether or not you're using the right microphone. I think you sound great-ish. Um, and that's that's all that matters here. Guys, okay. uh, we're listening. We, we've heard you. We took a couple of weeks off. One week uh, because we were prepping for LVO. Uh, and another week because I was on a plane and I refused contractually to let uh, better episodes yep. happen when I'm not here. Uh-huh. Um, but before that was we took a sick day. That's <laughs> I use my one. I'm in America. I get one unpaid. Um, in this first slide here, I just want to remind people here of really our ultimate goal here with Grim After Dark. Um, and that is the Wing Dings dice. Or yeah. the winning Dings dice. Um, winning Dings. <laughs> some some time was spent at a production dinner trying to figure out exactly how to order these um, after a kicker balked at the, the, the hardness of the task. Yes. Uh, Val? What's our progress on the winning dings dice? Oh, I was unaware that, in oh. fact, I was—I uh, have the EP credit on the wing, winning ding dice. First of all, the you new- were the one uh, talking with Pete the Falcon at the table, looking at a phone, being like, yeah. "Guys, we just have to buy a thousand of them." Peter's the Not kind of guy that gestures wildly and makes bold proclamations, um, yeah. and like, uh, and and then I smile along and nod, and often. That works out to my favor, and in this case, I have no idea what the conclusion of the wingding dice off was. I suspect it's doable, uh, and I do recall something like a thousand dice would need to be ordered. How much per unit? That's my only question. Let's ballpark it here. Twenty cents. How much yeah. does a dice cost? Right, you know, Danny. How much is a unit? How much is a unit? How much for yeah. one dice? Like, if you had to buy a minimum order of a thousand dice, how, how much per dice do we think? Oh. Um, I think if you use Chessex and that kind of stuff, I bet you can get it down to about 50 cents, maybe a dice, something like that. A $500 investment. Maybe, in maybe, maybe more. That might be the funniest white elephant of all time. Like, I so. if I, if we sell There's one, set, useless dice. if we sell one <laughs> set of winging dice and I just happen to have just a fucking shipping container of the most useless dice in the world. That's okay by me. I feel like that here, here's the thing, right? Worthwhile investment. A thousand dice is five hundred dollars, but if we sell them for a thousand dollars each, just think of the Ooh. profit. 
the heads. Oh, we were only selling one set, so we would wildly probably... unrealistic. Yes, uh, the market guys. will bear it. But I mean, like, I mean, you know, I mean, how where's our break-even point, right? Like, I mean, how much will people spend on Wingding Dice? Minimum forty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta figure it out. We'll gotta figure it out. They're gonna happen. Well, that seems accurate. We want people, we want people uh, to roll file cabinet plus. So as Bill Murray to. once said, "It's a gravy train with biscuit wheels." And uh, Kingpin is a great film. No one picked up on it. It's fine. And for God's sakes, John, I'm pretty sure the wrong mic. We got to buy in at the early stage. Uh, yeah, we're seed funding right now uh, for winning nights. All right. Quality. Uh, let's move on. Before we get to some other stuff, I've saved this one for a couple of weeks. And I really want to pull it out uh, and show you all how impressive it is. It's this meme here. I'm pulling out. The, the scroll of truth. Uh, there will never be a Horus Heresy series. Astartes are too inhuman to be the protagonists of a TV show or film. Uh, gentlemen, discuss. Uh, discuss in what way? <laughs> See, now that you don't have producer stress, the, the your comebacks are much more hurtful. Um, but I think for like, oh, say the, the upcoming TV shows and everything they're doing, are people expecting Astartes to be like the central characters? Or are they too inhuman uh, to be something that could be like a central character, Danny? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's too inhuman. I think especially if you're going to do heresy stuff, that's before they became like hypno indoctrinated. So they had more human like per- humanistic personalities. Um, so from the floor. Yeah. Space Marines are actually different now. Like they're they don't hypno- have dicks. Hypno indoctrinated. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't they didn't. Thing? Yeah, they do that to speed up training because they die so much, especially if they're an Imperial Fist. Big Fister. So what you're saying here is that they wrote into the lore a reason for Space Marines to be not as interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like, Space Marines are to 40k what Bella is to Twilight. Just like a blank character that a bunch of morons can insert themselves over and feel good. Just a bunch of dickless transhumans. I got you. You got it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, anyway, um, I think that obviously, if they sell the license to these things, um, Space Marines are just going to be treated like dudes in cool armor with big guns that are fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, of course. I hope the Rock yeah. plays one. Yeah. Come on. He says things like, oh, yeah, let's space some Marines. Um, <laughs> do you think. Danny, will, are we ever going to see uh, our OG, like original baby Marine on screen? Or are we at a time where it's only going to be Primaris? Oh, I mean, you got to put the Primaris. I, I don't know, though. I mean, they made that whole blood. One's got to hope yeah. that I'm just going to pick up where, where Danny left off here. You got to hope maybe this they take the opportunity to just, I don't know, make Space Marines one height. I mean, no. that might be a, no. an opportunity to just like. It's- Make them eight feet tall all the time instead of. I don't want to. I want to do. Don't want to do like conspiracy theories. But is it any uh, coincidence that we're making fun of Amazon and the products that Am- uh, Danny bought from Amazon failed uh, in that moment? Uh, Danny, is that coincidence or is that planned? <laughs> uh, John, you know, uh, I definitely wouldn't ever say anything bad about Amazon. I wouldn't want <laughs> them to think that I was not a fan or that I didn't want my products to start to keep working. So I definitely wouldn't give that impression. 
Mostly I'm concerned, uh, not necessarily about the, the product I already have ceasing to work. I'm more concerned about the flow of product uh, trickling off. Like if I were to just be cut off, like I might starve to death. And it's not like I order food from Amazon. I would just probably just cease to be able to feed myself. Um, I need you, Jeffrey. Don't cut me off ever, please. 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 I need you. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we're going to move on here to, to what was a very surprising part of my week mm-hmm. um, and a very humbling part of my week. Yeah, um, say humble. Where uh, we, <laughs> we were sent anger on. It shouldn't uh, have been. So which I, I painted up. And good old GW was like, hey, if you've painted him, send us a picture. Uh, maybe you'll get an article. Uh, so I sent in our little Angron. Uh, once you know, uh, if you look at this next slide here, uh, it was the very first one they previewed. Nice. Um, right beside Caleb Wisenbach's, the official uh-huh. event, GW1. Uh, there's a <laughs> one on the bottom left, which is some great wing transitions. Yeah, yeah. And then there, there's there's my piece of shit right there. Well, I mean, um, piece of shit? I don't know if he's a piece of shit. I mean, other than the basing, I think it's probably I mean, fine. I mean, that Angra's not a piece of shit for the basing. You're a piece of shit for the right. basing. Yeah, exactly. There I you mean, go. Let's not blame Bangron uh, for this. Yeah. However, I do remember you snickering a lot about the flesh tone Angron. What was it? What was your name for him? You had a it was name, Mangron. Mangron. <laughs> <laughs> and that entire paint scheme uh, came from me just wanting to paint Mangron. I feel um, like a piece of you got worried though, and you backed off the flesh tone a little bit. Oh, it's like it's. it's I, mean, I got it right here. It's a little red. Like. It, it went pretty, uh, it's still pretty flesh tone. It okay. might just be I had terrible lighting uh, in, in my kitchen counter where I took that very official picture. No, that was. Um, shit did that you t- fix the base rim? Have you? We'll get to that. We'll get did to you that. Get? Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Reshoots? <laughs> what good oh, God, we already talked about they had that in the MS Paint and you know, just MS Paint the base rim. Just, uh, Here's like, my question, okay? GW. New frame well, they were putting this this very average Angron in amongst all these amazing painters, and they couldn't go in with, like, Photoshop and just black the rim or just remove the rim. Enhance. What happened, what was great is when they did the background remove, they actually removed part of the paint on the tip of his tail, too. So, John, it's their fault you're a lazy bastard. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, well, if we go to the... Dickie, if you go to the next slide here, we're going to see... <laughs> Uh, exactly the reactions oh, wow. that I got here. This um, is where. <laughs> which, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, let, oh, well, let's get, I want to get you guys' reactions from this here. Uh, the first one I have here is uh, Sorry, John. Blasting it with contrast, I can almost forgive, but not painting the base rims is a heresy <laughs> unto itself. <laughs> <laughs> How do we feel about that? Uh, I'm one, by the way. Uh, yeah, he's still not base. The rim's never going to get painted. Uh, he'll wow. stay like that forever. World famous. Like actually, yeah, that that is a that is like That's that legit. is a that is an artifact now that has been lionized. Part of Warhammer community lore. It, it is part of, it say, is part of the Warhammer not contrast. Yeah. Not contrast. So I take that as a, a benefit no, to my paint job. There's no contrast on that model. Well, I mean, there's some. <laughs> Blasting. Blasting was, is, is awfully uh thing. Well, hold on. There was a blurb. Uh, can I? Can we? There was a blurb on the slide there that I kind of yeah. I, that we didn't read that I thought looked kind of tasty. Uh, uh, Producer Dicky, um, 
Adam Goldsmith Fury. I know these guys get a mini for a blink before GW wants it back for photos, but come on, that's lazy. All right, it wasn't as hot, harsh as I. Matt Lee's two comments against you, though. That guy really doesn't like you. No, that I mean that's fair. I'm an ass. Um, And someone says here, I was just about to post this. uh, Messy base rims really spoil a model. I am out. Yeah. And then paint your base rims. Uh, Most of them did. Apart from John, who also has the tip of tail. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to put down people's paint jobs. Big Dickie, give me that back. Yeah, I don't want to put down people's paint jobs, but sometimes I wonder about the people who get in these. <laughs> so I will say I woke up on, on get- Thursday morning. So lots of wonderful, great, supportive messages. I know Kicker uh, from FLG posted my own. I was like, oh, great job, man. I was like, great, awesome. So I did the thing that you never do, and I went into the comments section uh-huh. to see what people were saying. Um, and that was very humbling. Um, but on the plus side, the comments went from, yeah, paint your rims, it looks like shit, or man, how did you even get this? To people like, I'll never be able to paint this good. And me responded with, no, literally, you can't. You can. It's, it's quite. It's quite. Yeah. Beautiful. It's beautiful. You too cannot um, paint your base rims. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to share. Uh, moving on to this, this next slide here. This is the legitimate email uh, I sent GW with the pictures uh, of Angron. I obviously took out the person's name we interact with here, but the email says, "Hey, I'm obviously very pro contrast and wash, but here is our unique Angron, lovingly titled Mangron, due to his all natural 31st millennium skin tone." Inspired by Hulk Hogan, too much of the skin was covered by armor to bother with the Arco-covered abs, but I love them all the same. Blood for the blood god, John. It's beautiful. Nice. It is. They described it as heavily burnished brass. I describe it as retributor gold covered in drushy violet. Uh, Who's who's wrong? Who's right? Who knows? All I know is John is not pro-rimming. I hope that this thing just acts it's like I hope that that model becomes the Forrest Gump of Warhammer miniatures and like just like winds up in White Dwarf somehow. And then from White Dwarf, Please. you're just like you're just like going through you're going through Warhammer World in a few years. And just for some reason, there's a poster of Angron and like that's become the photo of Angron. Like I just want him to live forever and his I, unpainted base will haunt your nightmare. I, in, I in- would legitimately hate. Um, having created Warhammer content for five years now, Danny, I think five five years or something like more that. More than that. Has it only been for my lasting years? legacy to be a shittily based model? <laughs> a classic, really. That's but that John is that not a highlight of of uh, of your yours and my my career? Oh, I would I would love to go out on a note like that. Like, oh, that guy, shitty painted base. The Johnist shit. This is this is <laughs> the bases of kings. Look at that. We now that, and if you look at top down, yeah, that's oh, just beautiful. like one texture with no washes, bitches. That's right. When you get famous in this in this game now for doing something shitty, we're going to call it a quinell. Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. harsh. Who, who invited that's the real fair, though, To be fair, I think the the real thing we if something was half assed, it should be a quinell. You know what? Yeah. You're right. We hey. should stop the show and spend four hours talking about a book that'll be out of date in three weeks. <laughs> that, now, was dig, that was a very deep cut dig against Adam Camilleri's two-part show. <laughs> oh my god! 
I recorded six hours of Necron content. <laughs> you did. I love you for it. Thank you so much. What's uh, what's uh, most you, people Adam. don't know though is we will love go in too, depth in about it, um, but that will be in part two, which is behind a paywall. Um, perfect. Guys, Adam's current vacation brought to you by his much better business sense than us. <laughs> Um, I do like the life hackling from Adam. Usually, I can ignore it in the comments. It's good, but, but not, today. not today. Not today. He's um, never bringing an intimidating vibe with it, though. So we'll see. But he's, he's also modeling a lamasphere. Right might now. actually happen now. Ooh, um, what a model! What a model! Beautiful mm-hmm. man. Uh, cool guys, beard. moving on. I found this, uh, and this was also sent to me, but it, I found it on Facebook. <laughs> it says. Daddy, do you want to maybe describe what we're seeing here? So this is a Microsoft Notes, uh, an image of a, a note, or not Microsoft, but Apple Notes. Yes. Uh, it says uh, January 31st, 2023 at 10.41 p.m. Titled Drukari. Help me. I want to buy a Drukari army because I don't have enough sadism in my life. Thank you. I saw a guy use his Notes app for a photo. So this is my go at it. Period. <laughs> Then several <laughs> turns later, you have uh, what appears to be a list, maybe a shopping list that says green beans, dipping dots, and 32 pounds of butter. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I I don't know. Daddy, what is he making for dinner? You know, I don't want to speculate too much. It's literally all we do. That Sunday brunch at a Warhammer Grand <laughs> Tournament if I ever saw one. That's a lot of butter. <laughs> a lot of butter. It's a lot of butter. Um uh, what it makes me reading that because uh I didn't notice the thirty two pounds of butter, so I felt I I was hope I thought on first glance that, that was in fact an authentic uh accidental share of also his shopping grocery list. Um so that's a bit disappointing for me. That it was actually a bit, and that I was I was had by that bit. That's a pretty good bit, though. It's a shame. It's a great bit. It's a good bit. Um, Danny, why does a Drakari army add more sadism to his life? Uh, well, John, you're talking about um, some models that are sharp, uh, hard to handle, potential potential danger to the user. So uh, this person obviously is interested uh, in. Uh, dealing with any, uh, a set of easily broken, sharp models. Um, and so that's that's my opinion on why he considers it to be statism. I, I, uh, if I could wager a guess, it would be because the Dark Eldar lore is deeply steeped in sexual no. slavery? What? No, it's not. No, maybe the 4chan Dark Eldar lore. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe you're thinking of like, some you know uh uh real uh like weeb kind of wish list kind of stuff no that's not how it really is uh produce, they captured a bunch of human slaves the as ruble vex model please if you could just dial up as ruble vex <laughs> for me just uh just want to have a quick glance at the uh potential uh, i want to jump in and chat here i want to say that doesn't even uh, Nikki. <laughs> Nicky D. Williams, as much as I love you, F you, as he said, one can probably finish the rim of his model with 32 pounds of butter. You would think. Which, <laughs> true. Uh, <coughs> John, 
John could rim a lot of models with 32 pounds of butter. It's a real French connection. Um, No chapped lips there. (laughs) No, just but lots of acne. (laughs) Um, All right. Fine. We're looking it up here. Um, my question is, where do you buy Dippin' Dots wholesale, Daddy? Like, I like you can't. Can you buy them? Good in a question. Supermarket? You know, and if you, if anybody knows, uh, please tell please us in the know. chat because we're really interested in a Who large was, amount of Dippin' Dots. Wasn't there a Donald Trump press secretary that like like started a Twitter Twitter flame war with Dippin' Dots over them going <laughs> out of business? Does anyone remember this? This is like a fucking fever dream from the Trump administration. But there was definitely an official. Who picked a Twitter fight? Chad, help me out over dipping. I do love that it sounds like a believable story, um, but I don't know if it's true or not. But it could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's <real. laughs> certainly sounds true. With with Sean Spicer. Spicer, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my what god. Bloody. Oh well. Still uh, <laughs> looking for that there. Uh, we've just completely gone off the rails. Um, Danny, we did a mob rules last week, and, uh, or Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, right here, uh, where we talked about the new World Eaters book, yep. uh, complete with uh, Chevron Lower Thirds telling people our names. Um, I guess while we're waiting for Dickie to reappear, uh, what was your take on World Eaters real quick? Oh, yeah. Uh, really cool book. Thanks. Uh, pretty, Adam, I mean, obviously here. it's going to be... One to one D, um, you know, it's about assault. Yeah, you want to talk about world leaders for a minute, Adam? Yeah, talk about world leaders for a bit. Sure, they are who. What's your what's your what's your one paragraph description of world leaders? Yeah, in playability. Okay, they have a very narrow band of things that they can do and do well. Um, and all of them are pretty much geared off most of their new units. Take their new units plus Zerkers, and you, you're pretty much good to go. You are able to essentially play kind of like a pseudo-orc army, and that you kind of just hurl yourself at your opponent and get secondary points by doing so, which is nice. Um, but yeah, uh, the, eight, the the way that um, their core mechanic works with the Blood Tithe points, which thank you very much, Judah, for bringing back the best mechanic of 7th edition, which was the Corn Demon King Blood, Blood, Blood Tithe points. Um uh, by getting your stuff killed and killing your opponent's stuff, you generate points, which you can then use to buff your whole freaking army. And you like you spend them, and essentially like power from pain, they're active for the entire rest of the game. So MSU is the way to go to generate more of them. You want to get your stuff killed, and you want to kill their stuff at the same time. So min, like three by one chaos spawn, a bunch of rhinos, minimum zerkers in rhinos, that kind of stuff goes a long way. Um, and yeah, they essentially don't don't buy any wall of trades or relics. Don't buy any of that crap. They all suck. But there's like four good stratagems. Well, so, so front load. I mean, you want the. I think you want the Lord Invocatus's warlord trait. That thing he's, is unbelievably good. He's the only one I'd yeah. consider. Yeah, he's yeah. the only one I consider. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think, have you guys have you guys looked over it? Do you think you can extrapolate much of this for the direction of tenth edition codexes, or is this just them like? Slapping a new paint job on a on a lunchbox. I think we're we're gonna see a huge uh, simplification. I think we're gonna get honestly a lot of generic stratagems for every army in the main book, um, and then the army codices are gonna have a very limited number of stratagems, warlord tricks, and things I'm, like that. I'm so totally cool with that though. Like one page strats, I'm really into. I think that's totally fine. It's amazing that everybody who I've uh, put this question to is all, is all absolutely okay with it. 
I don't know yep. any reason why T Suns need seven, sorry, nine cults. I know what exactly two of those things do, and that that book has been out for well over twelve months, and I, I know of exactly two of those things. Same could be said for custodians. Same could be said for all the freaking cults and cabals of um, not Blackheart. And you know, mm-hmm. there are so many things we do not need in the game. I think we are losing yeah. something from a flavor town level. But if we're playing match play and we're leaning into this, I think this is good. I'm fine with I'm fine with sub factions. I just I like, I, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like a like a great reduction in the number would be yeah. make things easier wanna, a lot. Do you want to hear my spicy take? Okay. Sub factions should be their own books. All of them. They can just be All supplements. It's just not even something like yeah. just their own books, like marine supplements, things like that. Sure, perfect. But like so base you, books should be nice and simplified. Sub factions should be nice and simplified. Well, and the way that they formatted the new Angrons list, I can see them using that for like Space Marine chapters potentially, yes. like yes. as a way to kind of make them different. Um, Absolutely. Or uh, uh, another, th- or like even you know Eldar, you know any any kind of sub faction you could do that with. I think it would be a really easy way to make. But like if, the future, if the future is we get like a Space Marines book that has one page of strats, and then a Dark Angels book that has one page of strats, and that's it. I think that's for the better. I think that yeah, is for the better. And like three Warlord traits, three relics, that's that's for the better too. Yeah, Dark I Angel- do like in the World Leaders book that the special characters have unique traits that no one else can take. I think that's oh. a way better call than just they have to take this one. Oh, but also this other guy can take it too. Um, and it really increases like the viability of like, yeah, I should take that special yeah. character for that thing. So there's well, a- it makes that army play like the special character is supposed to be, right? Like, so it kind of reinforces the it kind of reinforces the fluff with rules, and that's kind of the way to play that 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 style of play. You have to take that warlord, which I think is interesting. Yeah. The uh, other thing, so one of the biggest issues I think in competitive forty k at the moment, this could be a question for the show, is is the burden of knowledge put upon the players a good thing or a bad thing? Because that's what that's what it's both. Right? Yeah, exactly. Discussion point. I, I, okay, I, I'm, here, I'm, a, I'm a giver. What can you say? You using using LVOs, and by the way, chat's complaining. We're talking too much about 40k, and you're being a bad influence. <laughs> like bad. Um, sorry, I'm if sorry. You, if you take something like LVO, right, where you have say, like you are oh, drawing oh, one against, like, say, it's Jack Harpster versus Paul Smith uh, from Florida. He just doesn't play. Like, there's expectations going in that game in a knowledge level, right? Uh-huh. Or you could be like, Paul's like, wow, hey, you're an Art of War coach and you won the LVO last year. How come you don't know about this random sub-faction of Drukhari that I take that no one else does? You know, so exactly I think like, right. it's like an imbalance. Yeah, I think it makes, makes it more accessible for people too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dickie, do we have an inappropriate model lined up that uh, uh, Bob was looking for? Perfect. Oh, yeah. There it is. There he is. Uh, we're advertising what do you mean? Law as well. yeah, just, see, just a little convertible like actually going on so women with I mean, the wind in their hair you know, just, just like just a little uh just a little princess leia vibes on the on the skiff i mean it's not like they're chained to it or anything they're literally so they're to willing it. passengers they're they're consenting to be on said ride as ruble uh is is very much con uh, concerned with informed and ongoing consent. That, that's really everything that that drives yes. drives his decision decision making. While Probably they was. are chained to that raider in metal bikinis, they do that of their own free will. Yeah, and true. they do have a safe word that can be uh, used at mm-hmm. any time to be free. Banana. Uh, Danny, are you surprised that this bottle is no longer in production? Am I surprised this model is no longer in production? That's the question. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm not surprised no. at all. Have you seen it? Can we get that back up? <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good look. Daddy wasn't finished. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, just give me, give me a minute about, with my face not on I the mean, screen, please. Legitimately, the thing about this model uh, that we need to oh keep in God. mind is that this is 1998, and we did not know any better. Yeah. It was a different it's time. So there bad. wasn't even a Matrix movie different. yet. Star Wars still only had three movies. I mean, Limp at a minimum was popular in this era. So, I mean, oh, can anyone be held true. accountable? I have seen them in concert five times. Yeah. No, you have it. I have a legitimately I listened to them yesterday. Now that you mention <laughs> it, you, you, I think it's not hard to imagine you with Juggalo makeup on, John. Oh, it would be. Uh, as much as I love Limp Bizkit and Korn, uh, if I did not like ICP. I know, Danny, you were down with ICP. I mean, you know, in a, in a semi-ironic sense, yeah, I would say I'm down with ice. <laughs> you were here ironically for his wedding dress as a juggalo drink, Vega, for irony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. well. Speaking of, shout out Kenny Boucher. Saw him at LVO. You look good. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, LVO, not Kenny Boucher. I feel we, we'd be <laughs> remiss to not talk about LVO uh, and some of our, our best memories oh. and, and kind of things that happened. Uh, this was my personal favorite here at Meme Forum, uh, which is, Danny, do you want to describe what we're seeing here? Ooh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Alexander Fennell uh, just rocks up to the table, dethrones the number one ITC player. And so this meme is the classic uh, play on an exit sign uh, with a car skidding out as it, as it careens around the bend, obviously uh, turning off uh, into, instead of win LVO again, uh, he's turning on to ruin the leader's chance and leave. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened? I think we had, um, I think was it our third stream game um, or, or for somewhere around there uh, or yeah. Alex Fennell versus uh, Vic Vijay, uh, you know, number one player in the ITC. And uh, they walked to have an amazing game. That uh, happened on our stream? That, that did happen on our stream. Wow. You edited the video. I think it was around four or five um, or something. But anyway, he rocks up, uh, beats Vic. Therefore, meaning there's no way Vic can actually win the ITC uh, based on who else is in attendance and everyone else's records. Uh, after the game, we, we were doing uh, interviews after the game with uh, the winners and the losers. Uh, just kind of get their thoughts on things. And as uh, Vic was being interviewed, I was off to the side with Alex. And I was like, so, man, how does it feel to be the number one in the ITC? And he was like, oh, he's number one in the ITC? Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He was like, I had no idea. Because I didn't even know who that was. Um, so, yeah, um, Alex, that's after funny. this game. I never heard of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> with, I was describing it to my wife in the best way I could. Uh, the Alex Fennell has big Stephen Merchant energy. Um, oh, yeah, for real. Um, but like after the game, he concedes his next round um, and leaves because he had a flight to catch. Uh, so he rolled up with his pink Necron army that uh, he hobbied together. Which we made everyone heated on the show when I saw it. I was I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Is that the Hello Kitty Necron?" <laughs> That's the one we like, made fun of. I like. It feels like it wasn't though. Like it's close. It's close. It's a cousin. Yeah, it was close. It's definitely a cousin of it. Yeah. Oh, 
Kelsey letting us know, by the way, it was end of day one. It was round three. Thank you. Um, yes. No, I was yeah, so, definitely in control of all my mental faculties at that moment in time. <laughs> he, he rocked up with his pink Necrons, uh, hobbying his way, beat the best in the world, kind of wanders off stage like, oh, well, that was pleasant. Thank you very much. Wanders off, loses his next game and drops because he has a flight, which I think is the number one um, example of forge your own narrative that I have <laughs> ever seen in Warhammer. Uh, or maybe was, he's just Warhammer's John Connor sent from the future. That's possible. Uh, no, wait a minute. That's not John Connor. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, so, yeah. if Vic Vigia was to win the ITC just in prevent. 2023, maybe Jack, Har- no, maybe Jack Har- Harpster is Warhammer 40,000's John Connor, and Alex Fennell is the Terminator sent back to stop Vic Vijay. You know what I'm saying? You with so me is on Vic this? VJ like Robert no. Pattinson this analogy, and then Vic VJ is the guy who starts Cyberdyne or whatever, and and nukes the world. So Thanks, whose arm Vic. is getting cut off? Vic VJ's probably. Okay. No, Alex Fennels. Alex Fennels. Alex Fennels, the Terminator. But he's gonna give at the last second. A <laughs> no, he just said he just said that Alex Fennel was Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson gets shot. He doesn't get his arm cut off though. No, it's the Terminator at the end that gets the arm cut off. But yeah. then but then we have this. <laughs> but Perfect. he's too fall to he's too tall there are to too many things with short cables. I almost destroyed my entire setup doing that. That was really dangerous. <laughs> it was worth it to confuse <laughs> the entire stream and us. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but yeah, Danny, what were some of your highlights from last weekend? Oh, uh, getting to meet everybody and see everybody is always really good, uh, especially getting to meet some of the uh, the background folks that really helped out with the stream. Uh, getting to spend time with like Dustin was really cool. Um, uh, getting to comment on some of these games, these super high profile games was really fun. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, sleeping on an air mattress in a 60 fucking degree room um, with someone to turn down the air conditioning where I froze every night. That was one of the highlights of my of my OVO experience. What I have one of my highlights was I shared a room with Danny and, <laughs> and almost um, killed him with hypothermia and, um, in a desert. Pretty cool. So, Unique so way to die. After the thing, I still had schoolwork to do. I set up a little desk off there to kind of do my my coursework. And whenever I came to bed, I could time Seth snoring. So that. That mother snores very loudly. And then I've, every 30 minutes or so, there's like a 10-minute break where he doesn't snore. That's where so I'm lying dying. in bed like, okay, you it's mean, go time. I have 10 mean, minutes to fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> do, you mean, do you mean 10 minutes where he stops breathing? Uh, <laughs> that's called apnea. Look, all that matters is that <laughs> I can fall asleep in that 10 minutes. And if that means <laughs> that we don't solve his sleep apnea, oh, geez, then that's a risk I, I, I got to wake yeah. him up. No. Don't nail no. it. I have to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me. I need this. Don't do it. Got again. Letting us know that. I think that was die, the yes. night that I got in, and I was like, I don't. I, I don't have the capacity to set up my CPAP tonight. I'll just, I'll just oh, no. die a little. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what about you? How was your weekend? What weekend? Last weekend. Last weekend. Yeah, I'll be uh, last weekend was uh, it was an emotional roller coaster as these things always are. But I have to say, I think it ended up with uh, with a really cool show. Yeah, and uh, just a really awesome team. Like the talent oh that we had God. in front of camera was really awesome. Like everyone, 
uh, who stood and delivered, uh, really, really, really did deliver. And it was great being able to have such a deep bench to pull on because then, you know, I felt like that made actually Peter and Adam better. Adam would never admit this, but he does get tired. And Peter is just a sour, miserable human being. So, like, giving him a few uh, moments to reflect on on things and, and, like, rest up and stuff, I think was good. Um, but overall, I, th- I think it turned, it really came into its own and um, was totally not stressful while no. setting up and getting it off the ground. It was great. I think my favorite shot, well, there was two shots that were amazing uh, from the whole weekend. Uh, one was just sad Nick Nanavati walking away after winning. That was great in the shadow round, yeah. Yeah, in the shadow round, uh, Nick won his game, just instantly left, and we just got this shot of him walking alone. Yeah, of uh, the hall. Yeah, <laughs> and then the other one was when we pulled uh, Vanilla up to do an interview, and then pushed him out of the way to zoom in on the table behind him where there was still a game going on. <laughs> yes, and uh, me energetically being like, "Let's cover the game that's still going on," and then making you guys figure out how to do that. I think Danny and was Danny and Seth on that call, maybe, or was it you and John? I don't know. But uh, oh, oh yeah, that was. Uh... Uh, that was John and I, I think, for the where we set up the second, like the yeah. second table after the first game finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, also, uh, there was like a ten minute period where people kept uh, subbing because I made fun of their stupid names. Um, <laughs> the, by the way, was, uh, I I just have to say thank you so much to all of our sponsors because uh, the audience is useless and we I would be a bankrupt human being if it wasn't for our sponsors. So thank you so much for the sponsors. <laughs> Screw you, audience. Screw you, listeners. <laughs> I don't I, – actually, I do, I do mean that. I do mean that, except for the people, of course, who subbed and, and actually helped us out. Uh, it was a mammoth task, and I think we kind of met the challenge really well. Um, like, I don't know. I was super proud in the end. I, I won't lie. Um, yeah. Those things are, are crazy endeavors uh, to, to try for. And then you got Joe Cool over in the corner just clicking a million times a second. I don't know if anyone went over to watch Joe work. But it is a little oh creepy. Uh, he reminds oh, me of like someone work. He reminds me of the the Russian guy from uh, Goldeneye, oh. uh, like Boris. Uh, yeah, with the pen, except it's his yeah. mouse, and he's just always clicking. Like he finds there's this one spot on the screen where he can like go where he's not actually clicking on anything, and then he clicks like a thousand times in like one mil- in, in like one minute, and then he like moves his cameras. Everything's also done with mouse, no keyboard. Uh, it's it's. Uh, it's wild to watch. Hmm. And also, uh, Nurgle Matt, uh, also in chat here, but also on the commentary team for War Games Live all weekend, as well as uh, most of the FLGN talent as well. Kind of rotated over there. <laughs> why, are um, we, why are we whispering? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, our favorite. Drug Ball Murphy, uh, who <laughs> after <laughs> afterwards I was chatting with him, he was like, uh, <laughs> he's talking about he, how he gets on the, gets on the air and then he's immediately like, Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. Like in his head, like and you're like he knew he had to get out of there like fast. Uh, so he, I thought he handled himself quite well and uh, is a consummate pro. But was that, that was before or after the running star jumps behind the camera? Uh, before the running? Oh, he knew at that point. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And went on to continue to do the star jumps. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you have limited. So, sorry. Um, I, I probably can't make this joke, actually. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you super chat, 30 bucks. Cavalier yeah. can make that joke. Um, um, 
I don't know. I feel like there, like I don't know. There's lots of uh, one amazing thing. I really do. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout this out. Was uh, was John's uh, uh, field promotion to field producer? Yeah, uh, and just I demoted myself from on air talent to uh, behind the scenes runner. But just absolutely like made the show sing, and like without your efforts, I think uh, I would have not. My voice would never have recovered because I literally lost my voice yelling at people on, on Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Also, oh, yeah. and, and the super chatted five bucks too. So appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, hot damn! So, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So uh, sponsors are great. Uh, listeners suck, apart from Tanya and Kelsey, who gave us money. Of the right? team. So thanks, guys. It's like when I super chatted trying to get something going. It doesn't work, guys. Like this is um, oh, miserly, like these miserly penny pinchers that we call an audience just not giving us their damn money. That's it. Half the show's going on a paywall. All right? You deserve this. You asked for it. <laughs> but Val, no one will pay for that. Uh, I will know? say, uh, Kelsey, you know, in chat there, uh, was just phenomenal stepping up, becoming, like, Frontline's official photographer. All of the pictures you see um, on Frontline Gaming's community page and all of the good Eat pictures. Kelsey uh, all, did an amazing job of those. Showed so up so with, like... For- a steamer trunk of mag of like chocolate covered macadamia nuts. I don't know if this guy's family has a macadamia nut and chocolate plantation or something or what's going on, but I've I ate way too many chocolate covered macadamia nuts for any That's like the home for that over on that side uh of where he is. There's like a lot of macadamia yeah. nut farms there. Well he does he have one? Like does he have like it's crazy to me. There's a lot. We have Who's someone in like- chat saying I'm financially destitute at the moment. Sorry, dude. Uh, we're we're mostly kidding. Uh, not for you, I'm not. Though, but for others. No, it's not. I'm not. You know, like <laughs> I'm. I'm just. You know, I'm. I'm a bottom of the barrel, low quality individual. Uh, um, and uh, I mean, I'm not. You know, I, you know how it I is. We'll see. Um, as of time of publishing, like how many views are we on for for that LVO stream right now? Like close to three hundred thousand. Really? Like yeah. two hundred eighty. I've, I've been. I've. I've been. I've been reticent in looking at the numbers. I always get nervous. It's um, it's it's. I think the biggest Warhammer stream ever, and I don't know if there will ever be a Warhammer stream at that scale again. So let's take a look at kind of like the other scale of stream from LBO, um, where I saw this picture on Twitter here on this next slide. Um, <laughs> Val, why don't you take this one over? Tell me, what are we looking at? Here? Yeah, what is this? So <laughs> what we were looking at here uh, seems to be, and the lighting's not so good, so it's a bit shadowy. I would say, I'd say this might be a shadow round. And you'll see a man in what I assume is, is that maybe some form of an MMA cutoff T-shirt. We'd have uh, to ask Adam Camilleri. With an upside-down uh, colonial <laughs> American flag on it, uh, holding a what looks to be Skype call with a well-known AOS, uh, <laughs> well-known AOS personality, uh, providing some uh, some handheld coverage of the Shadow Round to the internet, which was not covered by Games Workshop. Um, is this, so do we see it like Val, you see this as more as a sustainable way of streaming in the future, like rather just, than just having, having a beef, just having a beefy dude, like just like plant, just plant next to the table with an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. That's we started. That's literally how Adam and I started doing this shit with, with Pete. Literally, literally was this guy was a cell phone and an out of shape guy standing next to the table. That was really the difference that we had. So. Uh, I guess I didn't consider that instead of like getting fancier equipment, we could have just gotten a more in shape camera guy. 
that may have actually <laughs> a lot of for Warhammer impossible. a lot of problems. Idiot. <laughs> Terrible. Um, Hindsight's yeah, do you see, also, I do appreciate do see, that uh, that was a secret um, that that particular um, Warhammer personality uh, pulled, and I think it's fabulous. I think it was an amazing little piece of guerrilla journalism, and no one got hurt, and I think it was great. Because, well, GW chose not, like, they had the AOS stream for, for the LVO weekend, and they chose not to stream the Shadow Round, right? Yeah, there was no coverage of it. Again, I don't know. I don't want to get in any hot water here, but there was no coverage of it. And as far as I know, he didn't do any of those things when GW was actually streaming. And this is a guy talking who uh, literally stole the GW broadcast from the LVO finals of 2020 that were being hosted by Reese and Frankie at their own tournament and then dubbed over my own casters. And we actually had... (laughs) We actually had... We actually had uh, our own table boss just standing there, and like no, like no one seemed to have an issue with the fact that we had a dude standing there. So like, uh, it was comical. But that was 2020. That's Richard Seaguer's first win, and there's the Games Workshop coverage again with the guys running the tournament doing the coverage, but not on our channel because we had Pete and Adam doing it, and it was probably still the best, probably still the best coverage I ever was part of. Yeah. And I had my drone work. My fucking drone work. God damn it. Danny, yeah, Danny you had one job. You had one job, Danny. What happened there? Right. What, what happened to the drone? I huh? don't know. I don't know. God damn it. I mean, have we tried just we starting a cell phone camera streaming and then just throwing it across the room? Um, the original drone cam really was very close to that because of what it was was, uh, was just like a screen share of like – the drone software. Yeah. That's why you can see all the telemetry and stuff on the screen in the original drone cam. But the technology is supposed to exist to make this thing work now, and it just is so upsetting that couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. Yeah. If yeah. whatever whatever time it is, wherever I am, when I finally get fucking DJI drone to connect to an RTMP server, I will go live immediately to the FLGN with whatever it is that happens to be getting recorded at that time. Yeah, Val, I guess uh, you know, we got to set up a balloon. <laughs> yeah. That's the comment from chat. Yeah. My drone, it is a Chinese drone. I mean, it might get shot down by an F-22 Raptor. Maybe. That was probably the biggest be cool, in, in like military history, by the way. Just incredible that an F-22 Raptor was used to shoot down. <laughs> it also might be the only kill that the F-22 has IRL. I don't know if that's true, but it probably could be. $26.8 million to destroy a helium balloon is a fair trade-off. Was that the amount of missiles that were launched at it? Because that feels light. I mean, the airframe itself would be in the hundreds of millions. Just a bunch of people like high-fiving each other because like, yeah, we did it. We used billions of dollars of technology on this balloon. It's an air air superiority fighter. And quite literally... The only thing giving it a run for its money in the entire sky is a fucking balloon. And that's I will say, uh, chat coming in, we're going to move off politics here in a second, but it's the first ever air-to-air combat an F-22 has ever seen. That's what I'm saying, Um, yes! It's also the first air-to-air kill um, of a child's balloon. uh, Incredible. No, I mean, balloons, look, reconnoitering with a balloon is a tradition that goes back probably at least to Napoleonic times. Certainly the American Civil War, balloons yeah. have, have, have been giving people a leg up for a long time. I'm not saying 
that a balloon casually drifting across the entire North American continent from China isn't shoot down worthy. It's comical, but nonetheless, uh, I think it's amazing that the F-22 has one kill because uh, one of the most amazing is basically an alien spaceship, the F-22. Maybe use a BB gun, though, or kind of like... like What if there was just a Chinese guy in a lawn chair underneath the (laughs) balloon and he just ran out of BBs and it's just that guy? It's really... And then the F-22 Raptor pilot gets up there and is like, well, I'm pot committed. I got to hit this guy with a missile. I got no <laughs> he was All he was doing was making a forging Sorry, world bro. run to the Art of War trap house. And speaking of Art of War. Um, an F-22 shooting, just for the record, John. An F-22 yeah. shooting down a weather balloon from the Chinese over America. I don't think this is political. This is not a political thing. This is a, this is a factual happenstance. There was a balloon. And an F-22 Raptor did scramble from whatever base it was stationed at and then shot it down with missiles. Fair. I mean, these are things that happened. Uh, There was some. There's a big uh, event at LVO um, that had a lot of controversy. um, I don't know what the resolution was. Maybe you guys can shed some light involving Art of War. Happened later on in the tournament. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about here. Um, But it's this guy here. Far more dangerous. I blanked out names. But it says, 95% sure John Parsons stole my chess clock after aggressively expressing that he did not want to use one. He was sporting Art of War jersey and Art of War as his team for the tournament. I question if such a toxic person is actually a member of the Art of War team. But I just wanted to put some visibility to a toxic player and potential theft. Um, Danny, is it possible that a toxic person can be a member of the Art of War team? Well, yes. No, that's impossible. There's no hey, possible way. How you doing? I'm in a rival. <laughs> I mean, I also have a toxic personality. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them, in fact. Hi. Amazing. That's the kind of quality player that they're that they're adding right there. You have Adam Adam Smasher Camillary. Um I do smash chess clocks like uh Captain James Hook. Yeah. From uh the movie Hook, specifically the movie Hook. None of that Peter Pan crap. Um yeah, Hoffman, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Stephen Box followed yeah. a chess clock, and now when he hears that flick, 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 Adam just gets all worried. He, he, he <laughs> was he was so he was so unrecognizable in that film, Dustin Hoffman. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Harry Knuckles <laughs> on uh, that Robin Williams though, very Harry Knuckles. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> what does that say about him? Um, but. Danny, I guess, what, what's your, your take on this here? Uh, this was a very public post. It was made mm-hmm. uh, saying that, that someone stole their chess clock because they were mad they would have to use it. Now, I'm no detective, um, but are people... Claim. Yeah, please, continue. It's a spurious claim that this person has put on the internet. Clearly, I mean, come on. Anybody who's Art of War isn't going to steal somebody's clock like uh, after after not wanting to use it. I mean, that doesn't seem like something that such an upstanding organization would ever allow to happen uh, in the ranks. Right? No. I mean, come on. You can't just gift time or steal time from I mean, an opponent. That wouldn't happen. This is one thing, though, that I, I do want to make very clear, that if there's one thing in surplus at a Warhammer tournament, it's clock. I mean, there it is. It is <laughs> lot, there's so clock. much clock in that room. It's pretty dank, in fact. It is, it is, it is a, a humid... <laughs> Just a little clock filled area, and quite frankly, it's clocky, if you will. It would be hard, it would be hard to reach your hands out in any direction and not just have a handful of clock. So, I don't know what this guy 
what this guy's saying. I mean, if he wanted clock, he could have gotten it. Yeah. Uh, Danny, do you think it's likely someone spent thousands of dollars to travel to Vegas um, in order to steal a $15 chess clock? Well, I mean, I don't think that, I mean, no, obviously, I mean, clearly we, we've, we've talked about this already, but <clears throat> this person is not, you're not going to just steal a clock like that because you want a $15 clock. You're going to steal it because you, because you're being spiteful, John. Mm. Yeah. Well, that actually goes right into my next question here. Uh, Danny Val, what's the pettiest thing you've ever done to an opponent? Oh, oh no. I'm very excited by how much Dickie's laughing in my ear right now, looking at that. <laughs> so, why, what, why is, why is the, what have petty things have I done to my opponent? I want to know what is, what reputationally have I done that's petty to an opponent? Exactly. It's from who? We're getting Apparently, we've heard stories. Oh, I guess at the ETC, I was pretty petty. Yeah, that's true. Definitely petty there. But I was outmatched and losing every single time. So I mean, they had to they had to earn that. Um, yeah. Danny, what about you? Uh, I think it's probably the story I've told where my opponent was rolling really hot with his high elves, and so I grabbed a dice off the table and put it in my mouth, and then spit it at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a power move. I think so the pettiest thing. I ever did was against you, Danny, uh, when you were obviously winning. Uh, but knowing how much you hate individual dice rolls, oh, yeah. um, I spent the rest of the game rolling all dice individually <laughs> and quoting to you from the rule book um, that you got to do it one of the times I want to see if I want to re-roll any of these. Um, that sounds right. <laughs> it's quite fantastic. Uh, Love you, buddy. <laughs> Love you, too. Uh, now, uh, this is something else I spotted LVO. I was going to turn it into a bit that we're going to film that I'd say to do production stuff instead. Um, but this gentleman here in the back of his shirt, he's a legend. I don't know if we can enhance here. Um, but no. on the back of his shirt, lots of team shirts going around, by the way. Lots of great nicknames. Uh -huh. This guy's name is Petey Punchbeef. Um, <laughs> and he's wearing that on the back of his shirt. God bless you, Age of Sigmar. Um, but Danny... What did this man do to end up with the nickname PD Punch Beef? Oh man. Well, we're demonetized anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know, I really I, I don't know if this is a story that's appropriate, uh uh, but I'm just gonna tell it anyway. So <laughs> this guy's name is actually Peter, it's not Pete. Pete Pete is oh. the shortened version of his name. Um, and father. so <laughs> he's of the famous Chesapeake punch beefs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he went by Peter his whole life. One day he walks up to his parents and he's like, you know, I really just, I want you to start calling me Pete. And they're like, you know, you're disowned. So they disowned him. So he decided to take up the name himself. Uh, even though he lost out on the punch, the famous punch beef family fortune. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he lives he lives a life on the road as a professional uh or a ne'er-do-well 40k uh player aos player oh, i was sorry. just gonna say i was just gonna say he was a sexual deviant uh move on from there but val uh what's you've obviously you've seen a lot of the back of people's shirts streaming in your travels what's the best <laughs> nickname you've seen on the back of someone's shirt 
What's the what's the what nickname? The be- the best nickname. So you have stuff on the back of people's shirts. Like for example, I took a great picture of Anthony Vanelli and Jack Harpster. So their back of their shirts had violent snacks. Uh, <laughs> Um, what was, I mean, what's the best one for you? I mean, I, I, I mean, this is kind of low hanging fruit, but I am a big fan of the machine uh, on the back of Richard Siegler's jersey, and that was just because of many dramatic shots I was able to get with him, like just sort of hunkered over a table with machine written on his jersey. I always thought that looked really badass. And uh, also, I'm a big fan of something called um, Glen Gary Glen Ross, in which uh, Shelley the Machine Levine is the over-the-hill and underperforming uh, real estate agent in this local sales office. And uh, so whenever I think of the machine, I actually think of someone closer to, like, Gil from The Simpsons. Uh, and, I, and, I like, and I like imagining I like imagining Rich Siegler as kind of just, oh, come on, old Siegs needs this. Uh, so, uh, that's- we got another super chat here from Noscope 13. This is easily the worst show ever. Keep up the good work. Guys, we'll read literally anything if you super chat it. Just as yeah. adds up. Um, yeah, right. that, that's cool. And I really now, uh, Richard Siegler is always just Gil from The Simpsons for me. And like, oh, he didn't win the season. On. Like, oh, Gil needs 2023. Uh, moving on. I found this one online here. This is an old 2,000-point Howling Griffin Space Marine Army from 2nd Edition. Uh, Danny, what what are we looking at here? Um, all right, let me hold on. I'm going to enhance this real quick. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. looks like a couple of tactical squads, a Devastator squad. Uh, a dr- I think there's a Dreadnought and a Landspeeder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a Chaplain... A captain and two librarians. There's a Termi in there too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the epistolary, I think. The one of the librarians is in Terminator armor. Mm. So do you guys cause when I saw this picture it was like a real throwaway for me. I don't ever remember the game being this small. Like have uh, we just have we been just playing like forty K so long that like we're we're used to like eighty to hundred models aside here? Uh what about you, Dan? Yeah. I mean, it was the small at one point in time, for real. I mean, like, even orc armies were, like, maybe 30 or 40 models. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Val, uh, how many... Uh, do you see armies getting bigger in the future? Uh, to kind of try and get sales, seemingly what they've done, going from, like, second to eighth, where we see kind of everything kind of increasing their size? Or are we going to see kind of more realism with, like, smaller homes less kind of hobby space where we try and go smaller i think actually i don't know if anyone was paying attention to tabletop titans uh recently uh i think they're actually armies will go bigger but physically bigger i'm saying i'm thinking we're going to see 100 millimeter 150 millimeter scale uh you know like uh like like uh driveway jockey size space marines um so i think we're going bigger okay Perfect. Cool. Um, the next yeah, go on here. No one else saw the the very large kill team game that they played. I, no, I, yeah, the, at LVO they played a uh, kill team with the Mark Farland models, right? Or maybe Joy Toy. I don't know what they were. There's a lot of dildos, guys. <laughs> no 40k, just purple wangs all over the place. <laughs> Uh, speaking of purple wangs, uh, the next slide I have here is called No Girls Allowed. Uh, I'm not touching the female Space Marine thing, um, but this guy here composites that 
Uh, there should be no females in 40k at all, uh, due to their delicate sensibilities. Oh. Uh, Danny, what are some of the pros and cons of this take? I have to do both pros and cons of this take. <laughs> you could choose one, I'll do the other. What's the pro? The pro is that this was written out loud for people to uh, rip this person uh, mercilessly apart because uh, it's such a shitty take. <laughs> Uh, the cons are that people like this still exist in the community. <laughs> uh, Val, do you feel uh, women should not exist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Turn the page. Why N40K. do you feel that way? <laughs> N40K. Got it. Uh, well, I mean, this is definitely... Uh, wow, talk about low hanging fruit, guys. I mean, that is that is a type of person who probably is unfamiliar with women in general. In general, uh, who might spell as Adam has on my board here, uh, vaginas. Uh, that's V E R G I N A. That's just vagina with an Australian accent, like vaginas, vaginas, vaginas. Apparently, you can find in the outback. Perhaps this this person should. I don't think that's how that works. To go on a uh, on on a on a on a life changing adventure deep in the Australian outback, outback looking for vaginas. <laughs> That's not a vagina. <laughs> That's not a vagina. What? <laughs> what are they? Question mark. Look, this person also clearly. I don't know. I'm just hankering a guess here. Also, has never gone to war. I'm going to say that they also have, uh, they also probably have very delicate sensibilities. I'm not a person who's been to war, but I have read an, a lot of books about war and I've also watched a lot of documentaries about war. And I just, he doesn't give me like war vibes. Uh, and no. I think, I think he wouldn't have been able to as accurately describe the matchup of an F 22 Raptor versus a hot air balloon <laughs> as oh, I God, did I- only minutes ago. So I challenged oh. this guy to find a vagina somewhere in deep in the outback of Australia and then talk to me about F-22 Raptors. He's not mad. Well, we're going to round out this show with, uh, I think, the number one model from this guy's collection here on this next slide. Oh, I can't wait um, to see it. Oh, perfect. Danny, go ahead and describe right. this real quick. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, so somebody's taken a Warlord Titan, but they've put, like, thighs and tits Oh, yeah. On it. In classic weeb fashion, uh, like a Titanicus scale, it's really <laughs> that is, disappointing. That's not disappointing. Um, Come on, man. No, Danny, yes, it is. <laughs> Val, what is the name of this class of Titan? It's a, it's a, it's clearly a Titan. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to the class Titan, obviously. The, the juicy uh, class. <laughs> It's uh yeah it's <laughs> I got nothing. However, it's really bad. And by the um, way, of the thickest quality, I like that. Uh, that is a fine Titan uh, for for Adam for Adam's uh, own uh, viewing uh, appraisal. Can you please yeah. return the that's coming in great with uh, Adeptus Thictanicus. Ooh, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Big titty Titan. All right, okay, all right. I don't know. I just think that's just a remarkable, breathtaking piece of de- design. I like that it's tasteful. It's tasteful. This Titan, no, this Titan is confident. Uh, this Titan uh, is in charge. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, like 
no, man, like this, this Titan is going to mess you up and not feel bad about it. You know, the, this, this Titan, Titan, though, Titan isn't changing to Ezreal Vex skiff. The Titan is crushing Ezreal Vex. So, yeah, man. Give it a for this that. This Titan, though, is it's only Titan. A 78% of the points a regular Titan is, which is <laughs> in the future here. Yes. Danny, final last thoughts before we, we wrap this up here? Well, on that note of, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. Nope, I'm no. done. Adam, last thoughts. How's the fantasy game going? Yeah, did you win? No. I'm l- losing, wow. but turning it around. Okay, man, I had one of the best turns of all time. <laughs> Just remember, uh, you have to wheel in a specific way, otherwise he's going to get pissy. Yeah, do it uh, right when you're turning things around. Um, I haven't really guys, had to wheel much. Just been crushing. That's uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Grim After Dark. Thank you for joining us as we explored the grim darkness of the 41st millennium and beyond. Uh, remember to follow us on the socials, join uh, the conversation, hit the subscribe button, leave a review. Honestly, I don't care what the review says, but five stars is minimum. Um, until next time, stay safe, stay warhammered, and remember, it's pretty grim after dark. Really.
Civil man. 